Welcome back to Secrets in Nature. I'm Rachel. Hello. My name is Lexi. And we have an exciting interview today. But before that, I thought we would just catch up. <laughs> How's your week been? My aunt did text me and she told me that she bought six Christmas presents off of Etsy as inspired by our episode. So love that. We stand. Did she use my gift guide? <laughs> did she use the Google Doc? I, that I don't know. But regardless, we stand. My mom also shopped small business yesterday. Oh, these ladies were so proud. I'm trying to tell everybody to shop small business and stop buying all your gifts at Marshalls and Target. I'm so in love with everything that I bought everyone this Christmas. I just want to keep it all for myself, but I won't. I won't. I know. I'm excited to give you your gift. (gasps) I'm excited to give you your gift. When we exchange gifts, we can share what we got each other. (laughs) We'll have an unboxing, uh, but it'll only be audio. (laughs) You'll just have to use your imagination. (laughs) That'd be so interesting. Oh, I did watch Midnight Mass on Netflix as recommended by Rachel in our Halloween episode. I have yet to watch like a single Christmas thing. It quite literally does not feel like Christmas whatsoever. Maybe because I'm choosing to only watch the most horrifying shows that I can find. But Midnight Mass was 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. It was also 60 degrees today. So I mean, that's true. It doesn't feel like Christmas. Honestly, mentally, for me, it's still Halloween. Like maybe even September. It just does not feel like Christmas at all. I do keep the Halloween spirit alive in my heart year round, though. You should be one of those people that just decorates for fall like all year. Yeah, I have no I like I have so many Halloween decorations and we do have a Christmas tree. No ornaments on the tree because my cat broke (laughs) like multiple of them last year. So no ornaments. We just have lights and a star. You should get like garland to wrap around it at least. Yeah, I could do that. Or I could get like those picks that like you put in the branches yeah. and it's like something, something sticking out. I mean, what's the point now? It's like in a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, It is in a week. But actually, so it did feel like Christmas for one moment for me the other day because I was listening to my Christmas playlist, you know, trying to make myself feel something. And I guess I got in my feels because some of my, some of the Christmas songs really made me emotional. I feel like you'd be proud of me. <laughs> you cry listening to music? Um, yes. I w- well, no, I wasn't like crying, but I did get like teary eyed. Oh. So first, <laughs> first it was Where Are You Christmas by Faith Hill. It was just hitting different that day. I can't explain it. Then, you know, like when like a song is making you emotional and then like you want to keep putting on sad songs to like make you emotional. Like you just want to keep the ball rolling, like just girly things. Yeah. So what else did I listen to? So then I put on Christmas Time by Brian Adams, another tearjerker in my opinion. Um, Fairy Tale of New York, super nostalgic for me, made me a little emotional. And I'm really not like a Christmas person. So I have to thrive off of like the nostalgia this time of year. That's really the only way for me. Um, the song Christmas Shoes always gets me. I don't even listen to it. Okay. That is really on the nose though. <laughs> like that is the sad Christmas song. Oh, and then I was just singing this before we were recording, but then after all the Christmas songs, I decided I was done with that. So then I put on the Greatest Showman soundtrack and from now on also made me like kind of tear up. Did you ever see the video where Hugh Jackman like was on vocal rest? 
but like they were um like rehearsing the songs before the movie got greenlit and the, so the choir was singing from now on and he was not supposed to be singing and he just like belted it out and like started singing because he couldn't resist oh yeah so like that makes me that's why makes me really emotional i'm all for like keeping the vibes high but sometimes you just need like that sad girl hour the emotions to like keep things flowing you know yeah you gotta release your emotions all the sadness Hi, Rock. did you hear the little rocks meow <laughs> oh my god she's finding her voice on the pod she wants me to let her go that's her let me down bitch oh i love her so much she's so cute sorry we're all over the place here if you haven't watched midnight mass you should watch it you definitely should it was very dark like there's a lot of images from that show that will never leave my subconscious they're just burned there permanently <laughs> but um i think the writing is amazing yeah that church song that's like holy 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 oh my god you were right about it being triggering (laughs) with the one-liners from church and stuff but no spoilers but there is a part of midnight mass where like they have long monologues talking about like what happens when you die and stuff oh and i love that so much i think that was my favorite part yeah i'm not really a long monologue type of person (laughs) when that starts to happen i'm like you're like all right sum it up please all right where's the action Oh, I want to have an episode so badly about um, near-death experiences because people like report such similar things. Oh, if you've had a near-death experience, hit us up. We'll have you on the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm done. What was I going to say? Oh, I went to a wedding over the weekend for my cousin. And that was really fun. It was beautiful. It was, it's only my second wedding and it was really fun. And there's a live band. Well, you were a bridesmaid. You didn't say you were a bridesmaid. I was a bridesmaid. You just had two weddings this year and you had, they were your first two weddings ever in your life and you were bridesmaids for both of them, right? Yes, because they were both my cousins. <laughs> and uh, it was at the Crystal Tea Room, which is the same building as the Macy's is in, in Philly. And we took pictures in front of City Hall and it was cold and everybody... <laughs> It was like stopping and saying congrats and beefing and yelling. So I can't wait to see the pictures. I would say go check out some pictures on my Instagram, but I don't really post on there. So Well, you're going to have to now. I might for New Year's. I might make a post. <laughs> it's been a while, but I feel like it's time. I'll be dressed head to toe in Rachel's clothes because that's how I choose to live my life. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. Um, I'll be wearing my own shoes, but they're my own shoes that Rachel sent me the link to and said, I like these. You should buy these. <laughs> Literally. So I, there's the tea on that. I'm just like, even my, my one, my other cousin that wasn't getting married, I bought her the dress that we wore to the rehearsal, that she wore to the rehearsal dinner. People come to you. You have like your own disciples that come to you and they need guidance. I just okay? don't like my friends wasting money on things that aren't good. Like I know which brands are good and which clothing items they'll like Mm -hmm. so i'm just trying to help them out well also whenever one of whenever one of our friends texts me a photo of an outfit and says like do you like this i'm literally like i have no idea (laughs) like i could give you my opinion but i'm not the person to ask like i will forward the message right to rachel and be like she'll tell you (laughs) she'll be honest I don't even trust my own judgment anymore yeah i've i've literally thrifted entire outfits for my friends before this episode is not about fashion, though, so I guess... Okay, we, we need to wrap things up. We 
have a great interview ahead of us. My favorite interview to date, dare I say. Wow, it was a really good interview. We're really excited to talk about today's guest. Her name is Nikki, and she's a beekeeper in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you heard that right. We got a beekeeper on the Secrets of Nature podcast. We are done with the Google searches. We are bringing in the experts, <laughs> cracking down. Yes, and I think some people... Um, might think an interview talking about bees is boring, but I promise you bees are anything but boring. No, I'm not kidding. I, w- I was excited for this interview. I thought it would be like unique and I was really excited, but I was so pleasantly surprised by actually how invested I was in everything she was talking about. Like I knew it would be cool, but I genuinely never thought I'd be like so interested in these facts about bees, truly. Yes, we really go over everything you need to know about bees, and they are fascinating little creatures. You need to know this stuff, so listen up. Yeah, you never know when you might be on Jeopardy, and they ask a question about bees. (gasps) I love Jeopardy. (laughs) I want to go on Jeopardy so bad. The college student version, though, it's a little bit easier. I think I'm really good at it. But you're not in college anymore. I don't think you qualify. (laughs) I'm going to go to grad school just so I can say I'm a college student, just so I can go on college student Jeopardy. I would crack under pressure on that show. My mom will finally get her dream of me going to grad school for that reason only. Anyways, we don't want to make you wait any longer. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. All right. All right. Welcome, Nikki, to the Secret to Nature podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. And I was referred to you by one of my very dear friends, Mindy, which made me all the more excited to meet you. So thank you yeah. so much for being here. Yeah, Thanks thank you. Um, so to kick things off, please tell us about yourself and what you do. Okay. So my name's Nikki. Um, I'm a beekeeper. I've been beekeeping for the past six to seven years. I'm actually in school uh, at Cornell to become a master beekeeper. So I'm hoping to graduate this summer. (laughs) Um, I have to do like a couple field, uh, like a field test or whatever, but I'm going to be like nine months pregnant with twins. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What I'm going to do about that. (laughs) I have to just let them know like. What, what are my options? So it might not be this year that I graduate. Maybe it might be next year or something, which is fine. You know, I'm constantly learning uh, with beekeeping. It's just, it's a steep learning curve. Um, it's pretty awesome. I started a business in beekeeping, um, me and my mom. Both, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. We make everything. We harvest the honey. We make stuff with the beeswax, including these luminaries. Um, we also make soaps, lotion bars, skincare products, uh, beeswax ornaments. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my God. I have so many questions already. <laughs> I know. Um, did you get into beekeeping because of your mom? No, I actually, or did you go into it together? I, uh, picked up a book, honestly, and it's, it was called beekeeping for dummies. <laughs> and I was like, you know, whatever. I, I'm going to read it, whatever. And so it was like such a page turner. It was awesome. Like I learned so much from that book. And then from there, um, I figured out like, it's better to like have a mentor. That's what I should have done in the very beginning. I didn't get a mentor, but I've read like a ton of books. I joined like a beekeeping club. Um, I joined like the state beekeeping club. And then I started from there and I got, you can actually get 
be like bees delivered in the mail. <laughs> so that's what I did. Like you can order them online. <laughs> yeah, you can order them online. Um, oh but my God. if anybody wants to get into beekeeping, I would suggest definitely find a mentor and buy local bees. Don't like get a package of bees. Okay. But so from there, <laughs> so um, many more questions still. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, literally, yeah, you know, put the bees in the box and then went from there. It was, it's awesome. I'm still doing wow. it, still learning like crazy. Do you have them at your house? I have them at my house and I have them on other people's properties. So people approached me and they said, uh, would you mind putting bees on my property? One for like pollination services and mm-hmm. like, you know, I gave them a percentage of the honey. Um, that, oh, wow. Yeah, cool. yeah. So it's people great. come to you when they need help with their gardening. And stuff yeah, like that. yeah, basically. Uh, but the only thing is I just have to make sure, <laughs> you know, um, since they're like agricultural livestock, I have to make sure that it's like zoned, uh, like a township ordinance. Like I have to make sure that their house, it's okay for like for me to put bees on their house. Oh, wow. So, so each customer, you have to look into like where they're located and make sure you're exactly. allowed. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Do you live in Pennsylvania? I live in Pennsylvania. All my beehives are registered with the state. That's another thing. Always make sure they're registered with the state if you're going to get started. Wow. And that's the easiest thing to do. You literally just log on and you say, here are my beehives. This is how many I have. And this is like the property that they're on. And um, they just want to keep a record of like who has beehives if there's an outbreak of a disease, they know who to contact if it's in that area. So what kind of disease? The main one is um, American fowl brood, since that is like very contagious and very like detrimental to hives. Okay. So, what is that so you don't, exactly? you don't mean be uh, diseases that bees carry? Bees, well, okay. So yes, it's a disease that a bee would carry and it affects the entire hive. Okay. Oh, Wow. But does yeah. it affect and like other um, wildlife or just the bees? This disease only affects the bees. Okay. So, um, but this, this is also important, uh, keeping your bees healthy because there are diseases and pests that can be passed from a honeybee to other native bees or native pollinators. Okay. So wow. that's why it's so important for beekeepers when they have bees to manage and inspect them that's why they have like the removable frames. I wish I had a frame to show you guys, but like every frame, it's about 10 frames, eight to 10 frames in the box. And you lift and you look at every single frame and you make sure you're looking for, you know, you're making sure the queen's laying eggs. You make sure there's bees on the frame, there's pollen, there's honey, there's nectar. And then you're also looking to make sure that there's no like disease present. Like you can see there's problems with the bee then you know that there's something going on. What does it look like when there's something wrong? So if there's something wrong with a bee, uh, there's this one, it's called K-wing virus and their wings are like unhinged. So they look like little K's. And that means that they have mites, like uh, tracheal mites. And uh, that's a big problem because you don't see them unless you look at them under the microscope. That's when you would be able to see these tracheal mites. But another sign just, you know, to detect it is this K-wing virus. And that's actually um, transmissible to other species. Oh, wow. Is there like a solution for this that you can save the hive? Yeah, you can do um, treatments. 
uh, to help with that. I haven't had any issues, not on wood, with like K-wing virus. The only issues that a lot of beekeepers have are uh, uh, mites, like varroa mite. And uh, they can, uh, they're also, they actually, when they bite the bee, they um, start sucking the bee blood basically, and they make the bee weak. And then um, the bee will become infected with like other viruses. And then that will cause like the entire hive to start to like dwindle down to nothing. So mm -hmm. a lot of beekeepers, like that's what they face every year. So every year we're trying to make sure the count is low on the, uh, the mites and uh, treat if you have to. And treatment is like what I use is like an organic method. It's called formic acid. And that like keeps the levels low. Wow. wow. I didn't know that whereas there was like the diseases that went through hives. Yeah. I know. And I love how we're talking about it in the first five minutes. Like we're getting to the juicy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I love it. So you said you're in school right now to become a master beekeeper. Yeah. So do you, I guess you need some kind of certification in order to own them or can anyone do it? No, anybody can do it. But the thing is, you know, like even with, it's an agricultural livestock. So think about it, like, say you wanted to raise sheep or something, you know, just diving into it, you know, it might not be that great because you don't know what you're doing. So you right. have to, you have to learn, you have to learn what you're doing before you start getting bees. And one of the best places to learn is somewhere local, like your local bee club. And then they can like, introduce you to a mentor that's the one thing that I wish I had was a mentor but you built this business without one yeah and you seem <laughs> yeah, to be killing it. it it took a long time it took a long time so it's you definitely recommend learning having a mentor doing your research but it's not like required by law is what you're no. saying okay yeah it's not but it's, Interesting. it's definitely you know the beekeeper's responsibility to make sure that they're inspecting and managing their beehives because, you know, I hate when people say like, just leave the bees be. And it's like, no, like <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. You have, you're, you're taking care of them. Like mm -hmm. they're your livestock. So right. you have to manage them. Otherwise they can get sick. They can get other colonies sick. And then they can also get native pollinators sick. So, okay. you know, that it's definitely, it's a responsibility that you can't just Oh, that I have the bees in my backyard and that's it. So be respond if you will choose to get involved, you gotta be committed. Yes, you have to be committed. It's not a huge commitment either. Like I go out once a week. I have 13 hives and I go out once a week and I check all 13 hives. Each inspection takes about 15, 20 minutes. And I'm basically just making sure that they have enough food, they're looking good, they're healthy, and that the queen is there. And one of the ways that I make sure the queen's there, because, you know, there's thousands of bees, I, can, I, not, I don't always see her, um, I make sure there's eggs. So as long as I see eggs, then I know, you know she's, she's, there, she's there and she's healthy. Yes. Yeah, I was just about to ask you how often you have to do it. So once a week. Yeah. Yeah, I do it once a week. That might be like a little you know, a little too much, but, um, it's recommended seven to 
11 days that you should be going into your hive. So I chose once a week. That's just how I am. So when you decided to go to school to become a master beekeeper, was that just you wanting to learn more or what inspired you to do that? What would the difference be? Yeah, I just constantly love learning. Um, You know, it's a certificate program. It's a two-year program and it's like full of information. And that's like what I love doing. I love researching. I love looking up and learning new things about something that I'm interested in. Um, I'm also like a registered nurse. Um, and I, um, you're busy. (laughs) (laughs) I have the business is full-time now. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, I just love, continuing my education. I think that's like one of the most important things in any career is to just make sure you're up to date with, you know, every information that's coming out new, like every new information that's coming out. Yeah. That's good advice. We do want to, of course, learn all about bees. I don't know anything about bees and we have a lot of questions, but one more question about you. Um, So you said you do it with your mom. So what sparked the original interest? Was this something you just were into since you were a kid? Oh, the beekeeping? Just bees. Yeah. Bees, beekeeping. So I love nature. Like ever since I was growing up, whatever, outside all the time, even when I was like a little kid playing with bees and stuff like that, but like really sparked it was when I got that book and like reading it, it was the coolest thing. Like it broke it down by like bee biology and then like, you know, what you can do with your honey and how like how many health benefits there are to your honey, the beeswax, pollen, um, resin, like they're all the products of the beehive there. It's just full of like health benefits. And that like sparked my interest to like start making products out of, you know, products of the beehive. And then my mom was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like let's start doing this. And then that's business grew. Yeah. And so like we're, we work together and we just fire off ideas and constantly come up with new things. So it's really, it's really fun working with my mom. <laughs> I love that you were saying you were like a kid playing with bees. Cause like most, the average person is horrified of bees. Yeah. You know, like they I run know. from them. Yeah. And it sucks getting stung. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. But I mean, well, my cat scratches me and it hurts really bad and I still have him in here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you're right. That's so funny that you bring that up because like when we do events and stuff like that, they're like, oh, honeybees. Oh, I, I, I'm so afraid this and that. Honeybees and wasps. They talk about, everybody talks about wasps and how like everybody should hate wasps. No, wasps are really good too. They actually pollinate and they eat like garden bugs that aren't like that great for your garden, um, garden pests, but, um, I get it. Like honeybees, they're not attacking you. They're just defending their hive. You're probably close to their beehive and, you know, they, they feel you as a threat, but usually if there's a bee hovering you and if you don't swat at it or do anything, she'll leave you alone. Right. Yeah. I know it's really hard to do. Like, I get it. Like, it's, it's really hard. I mean, they defend themselves just like any animal would. Yeah. So, I feel like people don't get stung that often. Like, I maybe got stung once in my whole life, and there's yeah, bees around me all the time in the summer. Right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's just an irrational fear people have. Exactly. Well, some people are severely allergic. I totally That's understandable. <laughs> but, yeah. but like, I'm not allergic, and I was always horrified of them growing up. So, mm-hmm. That's why I'm excited to learn about them today. Yeah, they're 
They are so awesome. These are like the coolest little creatures. So how do they um, do in the winter? Like, do they hibernate? Like right now, are they active at all? So they actually um, cluster up and keep the hive warm and they can keep it. They shiver their wings and their bodies to a temperature where they can get it up to like 94 degrees. Um, And they'll go from the outside, the shivering bees on the outside, they'll move in and then other bees will come out and then they'll shiver and they'll just keep repeating the process. Um, So they don't actually hibernate. They stay awake the entire winter, keeping the hive warm. And uh, the honey that they have is their food for the winter time. Okay. So do you collect honey in the winter or no? No, no. The, like the end time that I collect honey, harvest honey is like early uh, August, very early August. Cause then the rest of the month uh, is like the last nectar flow. So I leave that all for the bees. And then if they need extra, I give them some sugar water. Yeah. I've heard um, giving them sugar water helps. Like one time I saw one look like it was dying and I Googled it and it said, give sugar water. I don't know if it survived, <laughs> but I hope so. <laughs> probably did. Yeah. If you saw it fly off, it probably survived. I was also going to say, um, growing up, I always thought, I guess they're just bumblebees. They're like the fatter bees. I thought those were honeybees growing up, but they're, they're completely different, right? They don't make honey. So, uh, bumblebees will actually make a little bit of honey. Oh, they do? Uh, okay. They make a little bit. Um, they're a really like pretty awesome species. They're our, they're our native uh, pollinator. They're one of our native pollinators. And uh, they're also like a social group. So uh, there's like a queen and then like workers and stuff. But uh, it's not like you can take a colony and like take honey from them. But they do produce a little bit of honey. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I see them more often than like the smaller ones, the honeybees. That's- that's great because they're like um, a lot of our like native species of pollinators are like on a decline. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And it's one of the reasons is because of habitat loss and some pesticide use. Um, so yeah. the fact that you're seeing them, that's great. I know. I get excited when I see them. <laughs> <laughs> they are yeah. really fascinating. They do this thing where um, it's called buzz pollination. They're like one of the only uh bees that do this it's one of the ways that they pollinate uh tomato plants and they'll like vibrate the flower and it'll drop the pollen it's pretty cool like honeybees can't do Mm -hmm. that oh that's cool like a really cool thing that bumblebees do yeah they're kind of cute too they are they are cute (laughs) yeah so are honeybees endangered like officially endangered no um okay they are That's not. Good. Yeah, yeah. There. So, this past year, uh, there was about forty-five percent loss in colonies by beekeepers. Uh, it was like reported by the Bee Informed Partnership, and they haven't seen that type of a loss since the early two thousands. But they also said that um, it's not like affecting the population. Like the population is not in decline. They're not threatened right now. But they want to figure out like, well, why, you know, why is this happening and what they can do, you know, to kind of fix that in the future. Yeah, because I know, I mean, I think 
people are very much on board with like the current movement that is like save the bees and like we're so here for it but I do want to talk about it because I want to talk about like so why is it that they are on the decline right so one of the biggest things is the habitat loss and pesticide use So when I think of save the bees, I think it should be really save the pollinators because it's a lot of our pollinators are just grouped in that save the bees thing. And nobody sees the other pollinators like our mason, like our native mason bees, the bumblebees, um, leaf cutter bees, all of these other bees that are just grouped in the save the bees thing, but everybody gives attention to the honeybee, which is fine, but there should also be recognition about our native pollinators who are really on the decline. Um, and one of the, you know, the biggest is the habitat loss and the pesticide use. Um, I was just reading an article about neonicotinoids, which are used everywhere through like nurseries, farming, and even like the recommended level that they, you know, use. Uh, it's like pretty detrimental to our native pollinators and honeybees. Uh, so like using just that neonicotinoid will like kill the bee, probably the pollinator, but, and it's used everywhere. So that's the problem. Yeah. I think I've heard of that. It's really sad that yeah, there's not more regulations on it. Yeah. It's, it's scary. It's, you know, it's actually really scary because you know, depending on how it's applied or, you know, how it's used, you know, if it's used improperly, then it's definitely a huge problem if it's Mm -hmm. used on flowering plants and stuff like that. So I do want to keep this lighthearted. So I'll ask this now and then we can go to more lighthearted stuff, but what would a, what would our world look like if the decline stays like steady and what would our world look like without bees? Uh, well, we probably wouldn't have any fruit, vegetables, nuts, uh, any anything that relies on bees for pollination, we will not have. Um, we'll have a really hard time finding food. Yeah, that's insane to think about. Yeah, yeah, that's a serious problem that I don't think people really think about at all. No, yeah, exactly. I don't think they think about it either. It's sad, but maybe our generation will help. Oh my God. I feel like every episode of this podcast, we're like, oh, we're just really banking on our generation to fix this problem. And like, it's like every problem. Here's hoping. I have, I have hope. I think this generation, next generation, I think we're like the ones that are like, finally, like realizing, hold on, waking up. Like, yeah. yeah, Yeah, We gotta wake up to it. And then like, just to bring up, like I did have like a, one of my hives was exposed to pesticides and the reason why I started researching the nic- uh, neonicotinoids was because I called the farmer that was like kind of around the corner and he said he sprayed it on flowering mm-hmm. clover. And then I started researching it and I was like, that's like not even the right way to apply that, you know, pesticide. So then it makes me obviously upset and angry. First of all, I lost basically my beehive but mm-hmm. also like all the native pollinators that went to that flowering crop probably died. And all like a lot of our native pollinators are solitary bees or you know solitary pollinators. So they don't have a huge hive to come back to. Yeah. And, you know. That's so fun. not all bees are social. Like not yeah. all bees live in like a giant hive with a queen bee. It just, that's like specific to a honeybee. 
Yeah, uh, bumblebees are also social, but most of all of our other pollinators are are uh, solitary. Solitary. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Because yeah, I, I also think like wasps nests, like I just assumed all of them oh, right. are yeah, social. Yeah, but mostly like our mason bees, leaf cutter bees, they're all solitary. Wow. How can you tell the difference between all these bees? <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot of research, but mason bees and um, uh, leaf cutter bees and uh, sweat bees, they're all like smaller. Uh, they almost look like flies. Uh, oh, my, wow. my favorite is uh, the sweat bee because they're metallic and they're green and some are blue. I'm Googling they, a picture. Yeah, they yeah. are so cool looking. It's like one of my favorite things to do is like run out into my garden and take pictures of them because they are like gorgeous. That's oh so my cool. gosh. So this, I, it's green. <laughs> <laughs> I I would see this and they're very tiny so like that's something that I would see and, and really think it was a fly yeah yeah I feel like I know what you're talking about they're so pretty like that's crazy I don't know you can't really see there we go yeah yeah I see it yeah, they <laughs> oh, are so yeah. oh they are really tiny what about carpenter bees I always get them around my house they like go into the wood uh, yeah. do they pollinate they do yeah <laughs> I don't know if they just eat wood. (laughs) A lot of people think they're a little bit of a nuisance because they, yeah, they drill into either the side of their house, their deck or something like that, but they're pretty important. They pollinate. They're, they're pretty cool. I like them. They're big and shiny, goofy looking. Have you ever seen on one of those, how do you say it? Those bugs that like buzz around in the summer, they come up every like seven years. Locusts? oh yeah, yeah. Locust. cicadas um, the, cicadas yes cicadas, cicadas. Yeah. i couldn't think of the word a cicada bee had, like a huge you know <laughs> flock of them this summer yeah have you ever seen like a cicada bee that like they eat the cicadas oh yeah the cicadas those are kind of scary are, looking yeah. <laughs> they're big they're like literally this big I wait know. wasn't that like the whole thing this past year that like everyone was it was like one thing after another, another, there was COVID. There was like, the government was talking about aliens. And then there was the, what was the murder bee called? The, the murder bee. The murder bee. hornet. The, the, mur- murder, the murder hornet. hornet. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what do you have to say about the murder hornets? Cause I don't like, was that, was that even real? Yeah, they're, they're real. It's the Asian, uh, honey, uh, not honey bee, uh, Asian hornet. I think, uh, don't quote me on it, but, uh, they are, they're out in California right now. I think they, eradicated them maybe we don't have to worry about it but we do have like some wasps that look similar to like the murder hornet so every once in a while I get like a picture and they're like is this a murder hornet is this no (laughs) it's okay you don't have to worry about it we're good I thought the murder hornet was the cicada eater maybe that's different I don't know they're they're different but they look very similar they're a little bit scary the killer is a little bit smaller than the murder hornet it's smaller oh my gosh yeah, and the, pretty, the murder hornets are pretty big well i'm glad they have them out west they have <laughs> all the crappy yeah, stuff out there might be eradicated i'm pretty sure they got them out that's good but there was like a little bit of an outbreak i was like great oh <laughs> my gosh you have to worry about yeah i'm learning about so many different kinds of bees that i've never heard of in my life i love it, it yeah and that's like one of the things I love like when I take my honeybees out like uh like I take a frame of bees and I put it in like an encased 
frame or whatever. And I take it to events and people talk about the honeybees, but I also talk about, you know, our native bees because nobody really knows about them. Right. That's what I love. Like everybody's genuinely interested in learning about our native pollinators too, especially like, you know, my um, community is a lot of gardeners. So they like want to help. They want to decrease their use on pesticide. And, you know, another big problem is uh, lawns. And it's like, why have a lawn? You should, you know, maybe work a meadow in instead. That way you bring more pollinators to your house. And I I think it's awesome. When I go in my backyard and I see all these pollinators, like I just want to take my camera and take pictures of everything because it's like so cool. Yeah, I was really lucky growing up because like my backyard has so many like flowers and plants and trees. Um, And we also have a lawn, but like there's still a lot of stuff back there. So I got to see lots of bugs growing up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're just like, they're cool. They're cool looking. I feel so sad when I see people with empty flower beds and I'm like, plant some flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Please, you need color. (laughs) Um, So I'd love you for you to like explain to us what the bees make because I've heard of propolis and Mm -hmm. royal jelly, but I feel like a lot of people don't know what those two things are. They just are familiar with honey. Right. Okay. So um, royal jelly is actually produced by... uh, let me get, let me start back real quick. So in the beehive, all of the worker bees are female. So all the bee, all the females will take care of the queen. They'll take care of the bee larvae growing up. You know, all, all the individual cells, they'll feed all of them. And the ones that are feeding all the bees are called nurse bees. So those bees have a, like a special gland almost in their mandibles and they feed the bees, it's called royal jelly. They also feed the bee, the um, larvae uh, pollen, but uh, if they're making a queen, she gets a lot of royal jelly. So they make the queen, she's got the royal jelly. So if you get a product with royal jelly, they take the queen out, they like toss her aside <laughs> and take that royal jelly out. So that is specifically for feeding bee larvae. Oh. And then um, propolis is actually like bee glue. So the foragers, all the female, you know, the female worker, she'll be, she'll become a forager, the last worker job of her life. She'll, she'll go out and forage and she'll land on trees and collect resin. And then she'll go back to the hive and she'll chew up the resin and then put it in places where there's like cracks or somewhere where they need bee glue, basically. And people collect that too. And it has a lot of health benefits, a lot of good properties to it. Actually, like, uh, I take um, a prebiotic and I think it's like pre and probiotic and uh-huh. it's made from bee stuff. I think it's propolis in it. Um, okay. I bought it from Beekeepers Natural. Have you heard okay. of that brand? I yeah. think I have. I like that's, it though. It that's seems pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know it's in it, which makes me feel better. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I thought about um, collecting it as well. Uh, but I just didn't have a lot of it this year. Um, next year, I'm thinking about like, I just want to leave it for the bees because I, we actually just found out that um, the propolis has, you know, all this antibacterial properties to it that it actually um, helps prevent like diseases within the beehive. So mm-hmm. what people are doing is they'll take like a window screen and they'll staple it to the inside of the beehive. And it's called like an envelope 
and then the bees will put propolis all along this screen and it'll create a propolis envelope and then it'll kind of protect the bees a little bit more against diseases. Oh, wow. Right, that's cool. Yeah, Actually, so awesome benefits to mm -hmm. the bees and to us. Yeah, I saw a TikTok. Um, I follow a beekeeper on TikTok and sh there was a dead mouse in the hive and they, yeah. I think they wrapped it up in propolis. Yes, they did. They yeah. mummified it. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy. What you That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so prop, what was the first thing? The jelly? What? What is that oh, called? Royal jelly. Royal jelly. So the way and I could be wrong, the way you described it, it sounded like it's something that like, if we take it for our own use, it's like harmful to the bees or did I miss? miss no, that, it? it's kind of true. I mean, it's not harmful, but uh, the queen bee is basically thrown out like right. so she dies for the royal jelly that they um harvest because it's only meant to feed the larva it, exactly so bee little like the bee larvae they get a little bit of the royal jelly but the queen gets a lot of it and that helps her become the queen so um the propolis it doesn't seem like it's as harmful to take that and it has a lot no. of benefits for humans does the royal jelly have any benefits for humans uh apparently uh it has also like anti antioxidants a lot of minerals and uh uh enzymes and stuff like that it could be beneficial but i'm not really too sure i don't want to say and it gives you know health benefits right right <laughs> really might not yeah well I know honey if you if you're buying the right kind if you're buying like raw local honey um, that's yeah. like uh, supposed to be amazing for your health could you can you tell us some of the health benefits for just consuming honey yeah it's uh so raw honey if it's pasteurized it loses its enzymes and stuff like that so raw honey also contains like live enzymes uh it has yeast bits of pollen in it uh antioxidants it has you know, it's made from flowers around your area. So of course it's gonna help with your allergies. That's like one of the biggest things that people want raw local honey for is your allergies because of the fact that it has bits of pollen in it. So, you know, it's basically, mm. you're basically when you take a spoonful of honey every day, you're like making your body recognize that, you know, pollen every day. Like So you won't have as strong as a, of a reaction to it. That makes exactly. so much sense. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And it also it is like a cough suppressant. It really is. Oh my gosh. When I have a sore throat, I am like eating the honey. <laughs> like I'm just <laughs> eating like it by the jar. It's so yeah. helpful. It is. It's it's pretty awesome. It has like a lower pH. Um, so when I worked in the hospital, they were uh testing out this new type of bandage, uh, like to put on wounds, and it was called meta honey. And it, it's a certain type of honey. It's not like local raw honey. It's a certain type of honey collected from a certain type of flower. Um, and it would like help heal wounds. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So that brand is actually like out and available, but it's got like, you know, honey is just amazing. Mm -hmm. I know people like, use it for skincare too. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. We use it for our skincare. We yeah. add it in our soaps. Um, so honey is pretty awesome with skincare. Obviously the uh, wound dressing that I was talking about, how it helps with wound healing. Uh, it's amazing that product, the Meta Honey. 
Um, so we use local raw honey in our skincare and it acts as like, uh, it pulls moisture from the air and, you know, moisturizes your skin basically. So oh, wow. honey, yeah, honey's, and we also use beeswax and beeswax is almost like a protective barrier, like a natural protective barrier. So when you're using it on your skin, it, you know, combined with like other, you know, butters or oil or something like that, it protect, it provides a protective layer on your skin. Like oh, cool. uh, one of our, you know, biggest things is lip balm. Um, right. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Burt's Bees, but local and small exactly. business. Love it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I get it all right from the backyard hives. It's awesome. That's so amazing. Yeah. So the beeswax, did they make the beeswax? Yeah. It? They do. It's really cool. So they actually produce it from their abdomen and then they take it and chew it up and form it into the hexagon shape. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And that's it's really cool. cool how they do it. So inside the hive, they like measure out the bee space and then they figure out like, okay, so if I'm going to make a, you know, a whole you know frame of beeswax, I need this much space. And they all climb together. It's called festooning. And it's like a line of bees. And that's how they measure the bee space. And then they start oh, wow. getting, and they start making the um, you know, the frame of beeswax. It's so fascinating. That They're like cool. little math magicians, or you know, math, yeah, math magicians. <laughs> They're smarter than they look. <laughs> they really are. Um, I actually, cause I know like candles, um, if you buy candles, there's like a lot of harmful stuff can be in candles exactly. and I bought, um, I bought a block of beeswax and made my own candles with it last year and 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's another thing we do too. Yeah. Beeswax, it has like no, like, you know, bad impurities putting into your air or anything like totally. that. Yeah. It's like a natural good burn. Okay. That's cool. Cause I, I heard like candles are bad for cats and stuff so I always feel guilty lighting one I have to get yeah. beeswax then yeah I would still be careful since you know it's a um a lit you know a, a flame mm-hmm. right <laughs> animals or kids <laughs> <laughs> I keep it out of reach <laughs> exactly yeah so I want to go back to you were describing uh what the women what the what the women what the female bees do in the hive what do the male bees do so the male bees are, you know, they're, they're really good. They're great. I know what you want to say. The women are doing all the work, aren't they? They are. They do all the work. The male bees will basically just be in the hive to eat and then and mate. And mate. Exactly. So uh, the queen will only mate once in her lifetime she'll, or she'll leave the hive one, uh, twice in her lifetime, one to mate. And then the other time is to swarm. Um, so when she goes out on her mating flight, she could fly up to like nine miles away just to make sure she's not getting, you know, uh, bees from her colony, uh, drones from her colony to meet with her. So she'll fly far away and she can mate up to with like 10 to 17 different drones. So the drones provide like genetic diversity, uh, okay. which is which is really what they're good for. Being like one of the only things that they're mm-hmm. good for. <laughs> I read oh. once. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know why I thought the bees came to her. They do. So when she's out on her flight, they find her 
which is like crazy. It's they all it's called a drone congregation area and all the drones will congregate like somewhere outside the hive and they like know they can almost like uh, smell like her pheromones and then they'll just all start flying around her and then you know <laughs> those lucky ones will mate with her but unfortunately they die right after they mate yeah so I read once and you can tell me if this is complete like bs I read once that after they mate the female bees will rip the heads off of the male bees but I just want to know if it's true no uh, no <laughs> <laughs> so he'll he'll uh he'll mate with her and he'll basically like die, just die after. yeah uh if you're close enough you could almost hear like a pop in the <laughs> air <laughs> Oh wow. Gotcha. So it's like instant it's like instantaneous. <laughs> it's like instantaneous after it happens. Yeah, they just die. Yeah. Oh they God. served their purpose. Yeah, yeah. Genetic diversity is the greatest thing. Imagine um, seeing that out in the wild. <laughs> I know. I would love to. <laughs> just bees dropping dead. <laughs> um, you also were talking about earlier when we were talking about queen bees you because I think Rachel did have a question in her notes about like how a queen bee is chosen and you made it seem like it they're chosen like at a very early age like they're raised to be the queen yes so within the first three days that's when uh, a larvae is an egg um so the queen or the bees will look at a frame of all the larvae and you know each cell has a different aged larvae in it. So they want to pick something very early. So within those like three days, they'll see it's an egg and they're like, uh, okay, let's pick this cell. This cell will be our queen. Um, And one one of the ways, one of the reasons why they pick a queen is because number one, they're, you know, the the queen has decided she's going to swarm. So they're going to start making queen cells um, or swarm cells or uh, the queen died. And now they're like, it's almost like an emergency. They need to make a queen Mm. or if the queen is not sufficient in what she's doing, they'll supersede her and they'll make a queen and then they'll kill the older queen, the mother queen. Wow. And they, they kill her by um, balling her up. It's called like the cuddle of death, the cuddle ball of death. Oh, <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> oh my God. Oh wow. Yeah, so, but you know, there's a reason why they did that. There's a reason she wasn't laying right or something wasn't right. So they or maybe like, it. oh, I was going to say like, maybe if she's sick, but I guess if she's sick, then they're all sick, right? Uh, not necessarily. Um, if she's sick, they can detect it and they'll get rid of her. Just like mm-hmm. if bees are sick in the hive, um, if one bee, you know, isn't feeling, they'll leave the hive because they don't want the entire hive to become infected. They don't want to contaminate everyone. Exactly. Right? So they'll leave and they'll die like somewhere, you know, outside the hive. Um, bees are like super clean out, you know, insects. So, uh, you know, like I was saying before, each, you know, worker bee has a, a, a job throughout her lifetime. Uh, like after being a nurse bee, uh, one of their duties is to like clean out the hive basically. So if a bee dies, they'll take a bit, they'll take the bee and fly out with it, the dead bee and fly out with it. Mm. You know, they don't go to the bathroom in the hive. They go outside, even in the winter time, when it's like, finally like a nice day out, they'll do a cleansing flight 
they'll like fly out of hive and do cleansing flights. Wow. Oh yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I had a question. I can't how long does the queen bee live and how long do the other ones? That was my question. Yeah. So queen bees can live anywhere between three to five years and a worker bee will live. Her life is about 45 days. She like basically works all the time, all the way up until her death. Um, the queen is taken care of and like, because she got the royal jelly and other things when she was, you know, um, getting ready to emerge out of her cell, it gives her, you know, like almost like longevity. Um, so she, yeah, three to five years for the queen, uh, worker bee 45 days and a drone is about like three months Gotcha. if he, if he doesn't mate. So they, they wouldn't usually mate earlier than that within that three month time frame. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cause I figured they would have lived and the drone is the male bee. The drone um, is the male bee. Yeah. I figured they would have lived the shortest, but I guess not. Not necessarily now. Yeah. Gotcha. That's crazy that the queen bee lives up to five years. Yeah, yeah, she was built yeah. to last. She was built to last. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty crazy. She can lay up to 1,500 eggs to 2,000 eggs a day, depending on how much room she has in the beehive. So every day? Every day. Eggs? <laughs> every day, 1,500 to 2,000 eggs. Wow. wow. I feel like five years is long for any type of bug. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That must be like the longest, but usually like for my, my bees, it's about two to three years okay. as they get older they um don't produce as good um so i like to you know raise a new queen at that point so and the queen bees are really the only ones that are uh, laying eggs the female bees that aren't queen bees are just workers for the hive exactly gotcha yeah. so their uh ovaries are suppressed by the queen pheromone um so oh my gosh she's the supreme she is yeah so if the queen dies and they don't make a new queen those worker bees will start laying eggs um but if they're not fertile so they'll only turn into male bees so then you'll have a whole hive of male bees and that's not going to do anything (laughs) right right it'll just end up like collapsing basically that's fascinating yeah so it it is actually really fascinating so when it when the queen bee lays her eggs she determines if it's going to be a fertilized egg or an unfertilized egg so when it's an unfertilized egg it will be a male bee and then a fertilized egg will be a worker bee so I guess you can decide like what do we need here like how many do we need oh my gosh that's crazy Wow. I didn't know they got to decide. <laughs> what was that? I didn't know they got to decide. Oh, I know, right? It's, That's crazy. It's yeah, she can, she actually uh, can like uh, control the sperm, like in her uh, abdomen, she can control whether the egg gets fertilized or not. That's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my Only gosh. humans could do that. <laughs> oh my gosh so many problems would be solved for so many people no birth control yeah um right. wow these female bees are bad bitches I have to say it they are, they are. <laughs> that is so awesome um and like it is it's like fascinating like when I think about it like you know when I open up the hive like they're working in complete darkness 
you know, inside it's complete darkness. So they rely on like other senses to, you know, communicate with each other. And a lot of the communication is through pheromones. And when I open up a hive, like there, you can smell the pheromones. Like it smells so good. It smells like lemongrass. Oh Um, oh, wow. One of the, uh, like when a uh, forager bee like finally becomes like a forager, one of the first thing that she'll do is leave the hive and she'll do orientation flights because this is the first time they're ever leaving the hive. So they do like this figure eight pattern, like right in front of the hive. It's really cool to see. And then other bees will like uh, be planted outside and they'll have their abdomens up in the air and the last segment of their abdomen will be exposed. It's called the Nasanoff gland. Um, and that's like their homing pheromone. And that's the pheromone that smells like lemongrass. And it's, it's like all the smells in beehive are like amazing. When you get stung by a bee, it smells like bananas. That's like their alarm pheromone. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it true that they die when they sting yeah. you? I was going to ask you that. I didn't know if that was like a myth or not. That is true. They, it pulls out their entire venom sac and it pulls out some of their guts too. Uh-huh. But it, so if you talk to a beekeeper, you know, for a fact, they're not going to be eating any bananas before they open up. <sighs> <laughs> I guess like when people get stung, they're too busy thinking about the pain to notice the banana smell. I've never yeah. noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. It literally smells like, like a Laffy Taffy banana. Oh my gosh. So like smell. fake banana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, to me, gotcha. it's like a fake banana. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting that the hives are dark because like I am I envision them to be like a gold glow. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, right? Yeah, well, when you pull mm-hmm. them out, it is just like that. It really is. Like the oh, bees gotcha. are golden and beautiful, the honey, like the nectar and the pollen, everything. And it's really fat like fascinating with like the pollen. Um, it's all different colors. Most of it, like I see, is a lot of yellows but it's like, it's like a rainbow. Like there's like dark purple, red, yellow, light yellow, orange. It's so pretty to see. Plus like the honeycomb, like design, like it's just yeah. literally a nat- it's in nature. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like a perfectly geometrical, like pattern. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. always wanted to try like raw honeycomb. Oh, I have it if you want some. <laughs> it looks so like, I don't know, just the look of it looks good. I, does it actually like taste really good too? It tastes amazing. It really does. The entire thing's edible, like the wax, but a lot mm-hmm. of people, even like myself, like I end up like chewing on the wax, at, like, oh, okay. like gum almost and then spitting it out. But if I've like put it in yogurt or something, I do eat the whole thing. It's so good. Like that is like the rawest of the raw of, you know, yeah it looks really appetizing (laughs) yeah you should totally try it it's really awesome it's really good with cheese like on i'm sure or bread or something like that oh my Mm -hmm. gosh cheese Uh, some could you imagine like going to someone's house they have a cheese board and it's like this is some real honeycomb (laughs) like raw honeycomb that's insane that's the next level i'm learning so much today oh good (laughs) i know so there's like so many interesting facts about bees to be honest there really is. And there's like so much more that we have to like learn from them or learn about. Mm-hmm. Them. They are so fascinating. And one of the things that I love about it is the pheromones. 
I wish that you guys could be with me when I open up a beehive just to smell that smell. Like it's- I want to make a YouTube video with you because we do have a YouTube channel. We really only post like our interviews on it, but I would okay. love to like to make a YouTube video at your at your beehives. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is so awesome. I would love to do that. That'd be so, really cool. Rachel, I want you to ask your question about protection, though. Oh, yeah. Do you wear protection? Because I see videos all the time of like beekeepers wearing nothing and they don't get yeah. Um. So most of the time I do. Uh, okay. I like wearing the protection because I really don't like getting stung. <laughs> it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> does anyone? Yeah. Yeah. Like I can read my bees like well enough that I know when I go into a beehive, I know they're going to be calm and you know, I, I do sometimes go in, you know, barehanded, uh, just with a veil. Like this is, that's my favorite veil. It's so pretty and cute. And it like, is cute. You know, yeah. I love it. And, um, I just, these things are like a sensitizing reaction. So you can be not allergic to bees forever. And then all of a sudden you're allergic to bees, bee stings. It's just, you know, how your body develops, you know, antibodies. Um, I don't know how to feel about like when people post like on TikTok, TikTok or whatever, that they're, you know, saving a beehive or rescuing beehive from like a house and they're not wearing any protection or anything like that. You know, I I feel like that's mostly for like views, you know, I I don't Mm -hmm. think that's safe. Like that's, I think it's promoting something that's like unsafe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I just, I want to be safe. I, you know, I want anybody who's around the beehive to be safe. So I definitely recommend protection. And when I wear, I wear like the full suit and I wear gloves. Like I wear like dish gloves, like dishwashing <laughs> gloves. You know? um, the leather gloves, I wear them forever. Uh, they're really bulky and goofy, but the dish gloves are so much better to work with. And I don't squish any bees. Like that makes them very angry. If you squish one <laughs> bee, that's it. They're like freaking out. Oh my God, I'm sure. Yeah, that's all it takes. It, I killed one of their sisters and they're like- oh, They're done. They're <laughs> yeah. like, we're, get, we're coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, once they sting you, that's, um, they sting the glove or something. They smell that pheromone that's, defend your hive time so okay so I don't know why like when people do like videos with the no you know protection I I do I feel like that's like sending like not a good uh message out Mm -hmm. like you should protect yourself especially if you're like getting into it that's yeah. crazy that like any member of the hive can like smell it when somebody when one of the one of them stings someone and just yeah. know like that means one of them's attacking so we're all attacking exactly yeah yeah crazy mm-hmm. I've seen people know. like do like a spray of some sort to like calm them down I think oh uh I think they use sugar water oh, okay. yeah that's I I've seen that I've I've seen that happen like uh it's a good thing and then it's a bad thing so sometimes it works and then other times it just makes them more angry <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. start coming at you. Usually the bees will um, give you like a bump first before, you know, stinging they stinging you. So mm-hmm. if you kind of look out for that, if the, she's bumping you, then it means like back up, like back away. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving you the courtesy before stinging you. Um, I had that happen. I dropped off one of my beehives to one of my property, one of my uh, homeowner's properties. And when I opened up 
you know, the hive, they started off flying around. They're all, you know, pissed off. Like they were, you know, mm-hmm. in like in the truck and driving over to their house. It was not a far drive, but it still made them upset. And when I opened up the hive, they were like bumping me like crazy and I didn't freak out or anything, just walked away and she flew off. But I know that's hard to do because, you know, one of the main things you just want to swat at the bee that's getting ready to maybe sting you. But I have kind of a weird question. So, and I, this is literally just me trying to think like a bee, (laughs) like I'm trying to understand how their brains work. So I guess they, because they're so social, they have a queen bee. They, you have worker bees. Like they know that everything they do is like for the good of the hive. Yeah. So I guess they have to know that like when we sting, we die because they see it happen to other bees. So I'm sure they don't want to sting you, Exactly. but, but I'm sure they see themselves as like, well, I'm just one bee out of this whole hive. And like, that doesn't matter. Cause like, I'm going to do it to protect the hive. Right. Yeah. Am I um, thinking too much into it? It's. <laughs> It's like their last ditch effort. Every worker bee has a purpose. Like, so they, like, like I said, when I squished, when I accidentally squish a bee, put in the frame back, they all freak out because like they needed her. Yeah. Um, So that is literally like their last ditch effort. And usually, you know, you have to be like really manhandling something around the hive or in the hive for them to like want to sting you. Or it could just be like, one of those like rogue bees like I was walking in my backyard one time and a bee stung me for no reason like I wasn't even near the hive and she stung me and I was like you know what's your problem yeah and and then like now that like researching it you know uh bees get a little cranky during times when there's like not a lot of like nectar around the area Mm -hmm. so they're hungry Mm -hmm. they're like you're near our hive so get out of here and I'm gonna sting it you know (laughs) so it's, it's, you know, it is what it is, but uh, uh, another fascinating thing is like about uh, like right in front of the beehives, if you are in front of a beehive, uh, there's guard bees. And, uh, if you get too oh, close, wow. they're the ones that'll come up and try to either sting you or bump you. Um, so that's another one of their jobs. <laughs> they have guard bees. They yeah. really assign <laughs> everything to somebody. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool. You can tell a guard bee from like another bee like entering or exiting the hive is she's just standing there and she's got her like her uh, front uh, let arms like up like, like ready, ready to go ready to go. Yeah. Wow. That's and amazing. She checks, she'll check every bee coming in. So so if it's like a wasp that comes in, she'll fight the wasp off. Oh, does that happen? Yeah. Does do wasps try to get into behind? Yes, they do. So, uh, like, uh, so they'll they'll try to eat the honey. Uh, maybe even try uh, like larvae or something. Yeah. So late in the summer, like August, September, there a lot of beekeepers report um, like wasp, uh, like you know, a lot of wasps like trying to attack their hives. And if it's a weak hive, the wasps will take over. Oh, really? Um, so that's why it, like, a lot of beekeepers don't like wasps, but they have a purpose. They, you know, mm-hmm. they do good. That's so fascinating. Yeah. What other predators do they have besides humans uh, and wasps? Skunks. Oh, um, skunks. Bears are a big one. Oh, oh yeah. Bears bear. love honey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything that like 
can, you know, try to either open up the uh, box or like go at the bees and like at the entrance of the hive. So like possums, skunks, uh, raccoons, even mice are a problem. They'll try to get in and nest. They're not like a problem where they're going to like take over the entire hive, but if the hive is, you know, small, the mouse will move in and they'll start eating some of the honey. Mm-hmm. And then um, it might live there for like the entire winter time. Or if the bees, you know, kill it, they'll propolize it <laughs> and mummify it. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine a lot of animals want that honey. Yeah. It's delicious. Uh, so have you ever like gone out has anyone ever contacted you and said like oh I have a hive like somewhere can you like get it for me yes um so I've been contacted for swarms um and I've also been contacted uh about just taking a hive so Mm -hmm. I did that this past year um the lady she was older uh she was moving and um she's like I can't take care of the hive anymore can you take it and I was like of course yeah Mm-hmm. And so I took her hive and she's basically, she was like, it's, you know, free, you know, you can just take it. So, um, she also had like a ton of like, uh, boxes and stuff like that. And she's like, you can have it all. So that was awesome. That that's freebies. And then, you know, anytime, like, you know, I get a call for a swarm, it's basically, you know, um, have you guys ever heard of a swarm of bees mm-hmm. when you, yeah. you think of when you hear a swarm of bees? Angry, I think angry bees. Yeah, like okay. they're all flying together. So a swarm of bees is actually just a cluster of bees, like in a tree or on a, a, a fence post or something like that. And that happens when the queen bee leaves the hive. And so okay. that's like their natural way of procreating is, you know, the queen will leave when she feels like this hive is sufficient and they're like, good. She'll leave with half the hive. So half the population of the bees will leave with her and then this hive will raise their new queen and then this hive will just be like in a branch like a cluster of bees and usually they're like uh pretty docile but they'll still defend themselves if you know we come up close to them or whatever are they homeless is that why they're in the they're homeless yeah so they're they're clustered up and then they have these scout bees that go out and look for spots to you know, make a new one. one. Exactly. So usually it'll be like inside of um, a tree trunk or unfortunately inside somebody's attic or on the side of their house, Mm. something like that. So before that happens, um, that's when like a beekeeper will come and take the bees. And again, that's free bees. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I feel like some people that are like, just don't literally don't know any better could like try to like get rid of it themselves the incorrect way. So I think it's amazing that some people know to call a beekeeper to just come yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Or try to kill them. Which is yeah, exactly. Like people would try <laughs> yeah. to kill them if they didn't know any better. That happened actually, um, like on live TV, a swarm of bees, uh, went into like a baseball park and they, called a beekeeper and the beekeeper came and sprayed them and <laughs> they got like so that's much not a beekeeper. that's an exterminator that's yeah. the, the stadium got like so much backlash and like I get like that's yeah why'd you do that just get a yeah. real beekeeper and they could have just scooped yeah. them and proceeded with the game everything would have been fine like they literally like you could I could literally 
take the branch and put it in my car if I wanted to. They're not going to move. Mm-hmm. Um, but really? Usually, yeah. Usually what you do is you'll take the branch and you'll, you have a box underneath and then you shake it and all the bees fall in and then they won't leave that box and you take them home. Wow. Yeah. And then you have a new colony. I'd be so scared to put it in my car. That's fascinating. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would like, you know, uh, you know, put the box together and make sure there's no bees flying around, but usually they're pretty docile. So, so they can't wait. get out of the box once they get in? Yeah, I just okay. have like tiny holes, so they're not going to like come out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So not flying around your car. Yeah, exactly. That's an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, so we are unfortunately running out of time again. So I do want to ask this question before we start to wrap up. I, I just always like to ask this question to all of our guests. I always ask them what makes their specialty a secret in nature. And yours maybe isn't so much a secret, but I do want you to share with us in your own words why maybe the importance and the function of bees could be a secret in nature. Well, you know, to me, I feel like when I go out and I inspect my beehives, you know, first of all, I'm already out in nature. Like you, totally. you know, my homeowner's properties, like my bees are in her woods. So I'm going out, there's mushrooms and stuff growing all over the place. It's amazing. And I'm seeing my bees, they're flying in and out. And it's like such a quiet and peaceful, amazing experience that, you know, it's just like a personal thing. Like nobody's around, like, and I just go in and, you know, everything's quiet and I'm talking to my bees and like, it's, it's just fascinating. And, you know, it's like, they can feel me being relaxed and then they're relaxed. And then it's like a great experience. It's like meditation. It's like, I'm out there and it's a secret. Like nobody really is bothering me and I'm just with my bees. That's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You like romanticize that so much. I I know. It sounds so nice. I'm like, can I be a beekeeper? (laughs) It sounds therapeutic. It is so therapeutic. And a lot of, um, there's a a local business, uh, they do um, veterans even uh, beekeep. It's like beekeeping for veterans and it helps with post-traumatic stress. No way. Um, Beekeeping is so good it really is it really is therapeutic you're once you start to realize like the bees aren't attacking you or anything like that and you're lifting up the frames and you're looking at everybody like it's so relaxing you forget Mm -hmm. about all the worries in the world and it's just you and your bees oh you're selling me I'm quitting my (laughs) nine to five now (laughs) sounds so nice yeah it's really it's really awesome for it to be my full-time job now Oh, yeah, that's, that's so, so amazing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, please tell us where, where we can find you, where we can buy your merch. Well, I don't want to call it merch <laughs> where, <laughs> where we can buy your products. Um, okay, tell us where yeah. we can find you. Um, so I, ha- we're actually listed in three stores, uh, the mercantile at Doylestown it's in Doylestown. Okay. Um, and that makers off Maine is also in Doylestown. And then the craft hive is up in point pleasant. Um, but we also have a website. It's www.backyardbuzzpa.com. And then our Instagram, which I like putting up like our, you know, like our honey and like our gift stuff, our gift baskets and stuff like that, but also like really awesome facts about beekeeping and bees and pollinators. And we're 
backyard underscore buzz underscore PA. Cool. Perfect. We'll definitely have to tag you when we post about. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, this was such a fantastic interview. I cannot thank you enough for carving time out of your day and doing this with us. Thank you guys. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank and you so much. I'm really not kidding about the YouTube video. So if you're down, we will down. come to the hive I don't know if you have spare suits, <laughs> but I totally <laughs> want to see the hives. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll be huge at that, you know, in springtime, but whatever. Oh my gosh. Yes. So congratulations. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, so what will that look like? Well, cause I guess you and your, your mom are partners. Yeah. Yeah. We're partners. So will she take over for a little bit while um, you're. My, so I, when I was pregnant with before with my daughter, I worked through it. Um, I'll probably do it again. <laughs> well, if it's as relaxing. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's relaxing. And, you know, it's just if I have to, mm-hmm. when I have to lift like heavy boxes, I'll probably bring my husband out. Right. But it doesn't seem like beekeeping is really like a strain. So Mm-mm, I stop. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. Well, I think that that's all the questions we have for you. And again, thank you so much. This was insanely educational. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all the information with us. Thank you guys. This was really awesome. Yes. And we cannot wait to connect in the future. Yeah. Yeah. This is great.